Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Marcus Bronzy here. Before we start today's podcast, I'd just like to let you know that you can vote for us in the Listener's Choice Awards at this year's British Podcast Awards 2019. If you'd like to vote for us, it only takes a minute of your time. Head to BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash vote. That's BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash vote. Type in how to kill an hour and then, yeah, you'll have voted for us. It only takes a minute of your time and we'd really appreciate it. We'll also put a link in the show's description. Thank you very much in advance. And hey, here's, here's hoping we win. Anyway, over to the podcast. Are you serious? So this is How to Kill an Hour. My name is Marcus Bronzy. There's plenty of ways to kill some time out there. Thank you in advance for killing some time with us. Today, I'm, I'm going to be joined by a group of people that have put together an amazing horror film uh, called The Risen Possession. And they're going to be hopping on in just a moment. But first things first, I'd like to introduce Stefan Powell to the studio today. Welcome here, man. Welcome Thanks to for having me. Yeah, great. Uh, great to have you in the building. Um, you are a, a broadcaster who covers a real range of things like at the moment. Like So... Uh, we will get into it, but is it fair to say that, that in your job you cover a wide range of subjects? Yes, yeah, so it's a busy time of the morning. So I work for Newsbeat on yeah. BBC Radio 1, and in that job it means that one minute you could be talking about Brexit, yeah. the next minute I'm talking about Nintendo Labo, yeah. uh, and in between a bit of sport. You know, changes, day, the news changes, the stuff we cover, you know, is really varied, which means every day is different, yeah. but sometimes you don't know what's happening and trying to... Turn on your gaming brain, turn off your politics brain. It is what it is. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how do you switch between subjects? Do you need like five minutes in a room? Um, <laughs> yeah, you have a word with yeah, yourself. Yeah, just have a chat with yourself. Look yeah. in the mirror. Not Brexit, what, Nintendo, Nintendo. What yeah. hat am I wearing today? Yeah. But to be fair, I'm lucky in the sense of a lot of the stuff we cover. I've always been a guy that loves the news and interested in the news and wanted to know how it affects me, my mates, my family, or whatever. So I've always been interested in it. And it doesn't, you know, we're just talking about stuff that I find fascinating. Mm. Uh, and so it doesn't really matter whether it's politics or gaming. I, I like that stuff I like talking about it so it doesn't you know I've been quite lucky in that in that sense sometimes if you get a story that's a bit dry I'm not going to lie it's going to happen I won't yeah. name names but yeah. you know some stories aren't the most exciting things and they sort of happen fairly regularly you're a bit like okay how am I going to make this interesting but then that's a challenge because you're like well if I'm if I find this story boring how can I make it exciting so that I might want to listen to it yeah. and then hopefully someone at home will want to listen as well in the same way I think that's the difference with the newsbeat stuff as well is that you kind of do pump energy into it that kind of makes it relevant and also like you said some 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 topics out there are real dry but it's good to be informed about them so yeah, you've got to know, i mean this stuff i mean you know people would say that about brexit for example sometimes but it's really important stuff 
that's going to really sort of impact people's lives. Yeah. So you've got to try and, try and make it as exciting as different as you can. But Brexit gets you going though, isn't it? I've, <laughs> I've, I've seen, I've seen um, Stefan a couple of times out and about over the last few weeks and I'll be like, how's the Brexit situation? He goes, oh, there's so much hour by hour, <laughs> minute by <laughs> minute, things are changing. And I'm not even, a po- I, mean, you know, I do politics yeah. off and on in the office. Our politics guy, Jim, yeah. he's living and breathing it. He can't sleep yeah. because <laughs> he's getting updates on his phone. Crazy. And, uh, and it's all going to change. You could, you know, By the time I come out of this studio, things would have changed again. And it's it's quite crazy. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what will happen, mate? It's, it's crazy. But I do it? do other stuff to kill an hour. We're not we're not here to talk about that exclusively. Yeah. Today. How have you been killing time out? outside of work and out? Because you like like you're a busy guy, as I'm sure it's quite apparent right now. What have you been doing to chill out? I'll tell you what I've been doing this week is I've been doing something that I promised myself around Christmas time I would do, and that is, and I'm I'm a bit ashamed to say this to be honest with you, but I feel like we can we can share stuff. Yeah, together, man, go for it. I'm finishing Red Dead Redemption two. Because I didn't finish it. I still ain't finished it. Big, uh, yeah, yeah. Billy, producer Billy's like, still ain't finished it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's big. It's a big it's ass game. It's so big. Now, it's, 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 you know, it's fantastic, but it's really big. Now, you could, there is an argument to be had as to whether or not games are getting too big. Mm. Um, and that that's an interesting debate. One of my other favorite games uh, was a game called The Witcher 3, yeah. similar to open world, same type of thing. Um, but with sort of you know monsters and soldiers rather than cowboys and Indians and that was about 100 hours or whatever to finish it and towards the end of that I was rushing it so much so that I ended up getting the bad ending yeah because right. you know there's some decisions that you make and then it impacts what happens and I've ended up and I've all that time and, <laughs> and you know the thing that I won't spoiler alert you know happens yeah. So I'm determined that that's not going to happen in Red Dead I want to take my time over the story but it has taken ages and there's been a chunk in the middle where I didn't, you know, didn't touch it for a couple of couple of weeks. Right. And what was it like stepping back into that world? Because it's uh, people forget how slow Red Dead Redemption is, and I don't mean that in a bad way, mm. but the pace of it. Like I came into Red Dead off the back of playing some Spider Man. Spider Man is like you're zinging around the city, throwing web shoots everywhere. You can literally traverse, you know, to New York City in like minutes, right? And then Red Dead, you get you're in camp, and then you like take a, a fast stroll over to your horse. Trot to another <laughs> village, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, things get a bit spicy, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. a slow, the pace of it is real slow as so well. This is something I, I chatted about on Newsbeat once in saying when you think of Rockstar, you think of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, if I want to get from point A to point B in, in the GTA version of LA, yeah, man. I get in a supercar, yeah, I'm there in 30 seconds, exactly. But in Red Dead, I'm on my horse, super horse, you know, and as I'm, you know, I'm riding my horse really hard because <laughs> I'm trying to mainline the story at the moment. I'm trying to get to the end. I want to know what happens to Arthur Morgan. Um, get it's got to a point now where things are getting a bit spicy mm. and things are starting to go a bit south, uh, and I want to know what happens. And so I feel like almost the experience is passing me by. Which is a shame. Um, so, because what sometimes you know, some people do is they finish the main story and then they go back and experience the world and sit in it for a while and go and you know help some randomers on the on the street or rob some banks or whatever. So that that's what I'm doing at the moment is I want to finish it so I can because I, I interviewed Roger Clark recently, the guy who plays Arthur Morgan on the red carpet at the Baftas, right? Mm. And I'm like, I've got so much you know respect for his performance. I love his character, and in my head, that's all I'm thinking is. I haven't finished the game. <laughs> I'm such a fraud. I haven't finished the game. But I've done, you know, I've done a good chunk. I've done the three quarters of it. So that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. And it's, I know I'm, and I'm enjoying it. I'm finding myself, right, I'm going to do an hour tonight. Next thing you know, it's midnight. Yeah, man. And the wife's like, are you coming to bed or what? I'm like, well, 
it's I mean I've still got this thing you still yeah, have to do. yeah yeah but we've got to clean my guns then I've got to go handle some business over the other side of the map do you know what I mean it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's hard life out here it's tough to do but it's an interesting point you said about games being too big I mean like it is I feel that's a good conversation to be having in, in the world where you can get bumped when you get certain games and apps it can be like a day or two experience mm. but with Rockstar I feel like one it couldn't be anything other than a massive game because otherwise I feel like we'd be like that's not the full Rockstar treatment yeah uh, and two how can a story like that be cut down and be any shorter it's such an it's an well, this epic is, story yeah and that's the sort of that's the challenge that's, and that's the sort of the emotion I'm going yeah. through is I'm loving every second of it yeah but I also desperately want a resolution I need to live some a normal life yeah, in the real yeah, world yeah ex- exactly and yeah. so it's that, it's that balance I guess between telling a story um without sort of you know and I know you know games is big you can have experiences that you finish in 30 minutes yeah, and games you finish you know that take years but it's just because a game can be massive now should it be and is there another way of doing that experience in a way that gives you the choice as to whether you want to spend 150 hours on the story yeah. or 30 whatever it might be good point good point I mean so are you are you running through through the world now and kind of when people call out to you like hey man can you help me you're like sorry mate got a mission to do is that, I, is that what you're like now I have left so many people stranded <laughs> calling for help people stuck under horses you know crippled people getting robbed yeah. on the side of the street and like I'd love to help you because you know you know that little bar on the bottom and Red Dead Redemption 2 that yeah. says how good you are yeah well for some reason I was like now I'm going to be really good so mine was towards the top end of like yeah. you know why and then well the last couple of nights I've just been playing it to try and finish and it is sliding down <laughs> the amount of people I could have saved and I've left yeah. hanging it's you know it's going really down badly but I just want I just want to get to the end you'll get there man it's, it's well worth it um, and uh I don't say this without spoiling. Yeah, I think I think you'll be very careful because the ending of the first one is one of my favourite moments in all of games. I got to shed a tear. You know, there's the without giving it away. There's a moment using the dead eye in a barn. Yeah, Yeah. the kind of it's 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 the thing. Right, it's, it's the moment where you just you you feel like you want the main protagonist really to to win like no other part in the yeah, game. Yeah, right, yeah, you really yeah. want him to win. Yeah, and so and it's one of my favourite yeah. moments ever. I wrote an article about it once about how that clever moment changed my perception of gaming, and you know. I shed a tear, right? So I'm, ex- uh, and I, I'm not, either, not saying I want. I'm expecting anything like that, but I want to go into it with my eyes closed. So avoiding spoilers online has been has been a real tricky, tricky thing to do. Yeah, it's a hard one. All right, Red Dead Redemption, like that. Well, um, I've been killing time with some high tech pajamas. I mentioned this to Stefan. So yeah. <laughs> Should I just run that <laughs> run that past me again? Some high tech pajamas. Basically, uh, a group of people. I want to make sure I pronounce this right. It's Dags Mejan, right? They sent us some pajamas, and they were like, "These are going to help you sleep better." And we do get sent stuff here at How to Kill an Hour. And sometimes I'm like, "Oh, that sounds cool." Sometimes I'm like, "Really?" And I'll be honest, I'm not really a pajamas guy. I'm more of a, a commando guy. <laughs> I like to have a shower. I feel like I'm getting to know you really well, you mate. Oh, by the end of this episode, you're going to know so much, wow. Stefan. But I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a commando guy. Like I'm a, I'm a have a quick shower and then I'll hop into bed and that's it I'm good so I was like pyjamas are they really necessary so I thought maybe in you know this mature time in my life it was something that I'd, I should try especially because there are a couple of pairs that yeah, just been not? sent to us yeah. um, so basically these pyjamas apparently made from the world's most natural fibres uh, and they've got sleep technology in them right so it's this stuff called merino wool 
right? Uh, and apparently in them, I was, this is all the stuff I was reading, you could sleep for 15 minutes longer at least every single night. And, you know, if you add that up over a year, that's hours and days of sleep and whatever. Um, and long story short, they were really comfortable pyjamas, right? <laughs> so I remember putting these on and thinking, oh, I feel like, I felt like bedtime was a bit of an event now, yeah? Um, and one, they were comfortable, and I don't know whether this was like a, a, an effect that was, I don't know whether it was a placebo, but I did feel like I, I, I did get a good night's sleep and I feel like putting on my pyjamas is a bit of an event now. And when I pop them on and sit down and chill out, uh, they do do a bit of work for me. But how, like, are you, like, I need to get, beh- I need to get behind this. I was going to ask Billy, but I'd like to ask you, like, are you a pyjama wearer or not? Like, or do you just wear like a t-shirt and some shorts? Or it depends entirely on the time of year so right. like winter it's right. a bit nippy out okay it's a bit cold yeah. i'm up for a pajama okay summer no chance all right you're you, so what summer you like more like what is this yeah, like some, a t-shirt yeah summer i can i can i can go commando if i fancy it. i mean yeah. it just i haven't got i haven't got a routine okay but what i'm interested with, with what you're set up is yours did you have a good night's sleep because you've never worn a pajama before so could it have been any pair of pajamas or do you think it was this special jazzy pajama i've worn like shorts on a t-shirt before like just a pair of like that's solid and that's why i say that's my if, if you added it up over the year i'd say yeah. i'm usually a short and t-shirt kind of guy yeah no but i just felt like making bedtime a bit of an event slipping into something more comfortable <laughs> Uh, it, it worked for me and, and yeah like the fact that these were like they weren't just like a baggy pair of shorts or trousers because I actually got a pair that were like summery ones and wintery ones the fact that they were quite like smooth and silky when you put them on like it does make a difference sliding into something kind of s- silky and smooth so like, I'd like to say I now Marcus Bronzy I've, I've graduated to, to wearing pyjamas the majority of the time you've become a man I have pipe and slippers next. Yeah, yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it. So, uh, so at the moment, this time of year, it's like spring. So, are you like in the shorts now? The short, shorts are on now. Yeah, the long sleeve, the long sleeve has sort of been banished to the uh, wardrobe, and now we're on into the shorts territory. Yeah. And what about the wife as well? Is she like a hot wife or a cold wife? Um, at the moment, we've got the window open, right? right? And it is so freezing cold. So my wife um, also works in news. She does. A, she's a breakfast news reader. All right. So every day she's up at four thirty a.m. to Jeez. go to work to read the news. Right. Yeah. So she's obviously in, in bed fast asleep by the time I, I get in there. But the windows open. It is. It's like a fridge in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like come on. So yeah, no, she's quite a hot person in the night. All right, cool. So you benefit. You'd benefit from the from the dogs, Majan. You would get the biggest bed you can and sleep as far away from each other as physically possible. I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, and and get as much sheets as possible as well. Is she, is she a sheet stealer or? I I have a reputation for being the sheet stealer, right. which I think is totally unfounded. By the way, I just think you know sometimes they just find anything to have a go at you. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and so that's that's, that's hey, what it is. Hey, so. Miss Powell's listening. I don't, I don't know what to say. Um, but yeah, what I have been doing when I've been getting into bed, and, and you kind of said it, it was a bit of like a a, a guilty. Uh, 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 well, I don't know. It was, I'm not finishing Red Dead. Something to be good about. It's an enormous game. But something I've been actually getting into is is an, a really old series. So listeners of the show know that I've been watching Star Trek from the begin- the actual beginning right so wow. I've that's been working some undertaking oh bruv it's it's a fun challenge but I didn't realise it was that big how many how many how many episodes is that there must be like hundreds of them oh quite literally so there were like three or four seasons of, of the original series then there's a then there's a series an animated series people don't know about which actually had all the voices of the original characters that's niche 
then now I've I've just finished the next generation like last night and there's seven seasons, twenty plus episodes each. About an hour run to about fifty minutes when you take out it's the like other no job. Brother, it's, it's I've, I've been churning through them and um I, I actually felt quite emotional watching Captain Picard kind of finishing off the last mm. episode it's like an hour and a half episode but I've been going through it and I'm about to hit the um, Star Trek films now so if you watch it in the right order there's a few Star Trek films you watch after the original series yeah. uh, and then there's some ones that kind of blend into the next generation so yeah that's what I've been churning my way through man so I love sci-fi right yeah. big fan of sci-fi but I've always found Star Trek wasn't a natural home for me for some reason. I found some of the lang, some of the sort of sci-fi language a bit the wibbly wobbly, you know, the parsecs, the yeah. nuclear, you know, all that stuff a bit too much. I think it was, it, sometimes I felt like it was trying too hard. But then, you know, I know the Star Trek fans absolutely love it and they get totally into it. I did really enjoy the reboot um, with Chris Pine. Yeah. Uh, that stuff's been really fun. But I'm not sure as much as I love sci-fi if I've got it in me to do to do what you've done I watched the new series as well when I was on a, on a flight once and I watched a couple of, there was a couple of episodes on, and I watched that which which new series because for me new series is, oh, is, yeah, is, is yeah, going to yeah, be yeah, uh, Deep Space, Space Nine 1998 yeah what's the, the really most recent one with um, is it Enterprise no it's not it's, it's the one on Netflix isn't yeah, it yeah it's got the actress from um, from Walking Dead in it uh, Discovery Discovery so one, I've watched yeah. a few episodes of Discovery when I was on a flight once and really enjoying it mm. and really enjoyed it and so um, and I can remember being uh, on Radio 1 that we had uh, um, his, name, his name escapes me Lucius Malfoy Oh, Jason Isaac, yeah, Jason Isaac, the actor, yeah. came. He's he's also in it, and mm-hmm. he came in to talk to about it, us about it. Uh, and I watched a few episodes of that and thought it was great. So there's bits of Star Trek I, I really like, but I I've just I don't know. There was something about the original stuff that alienated me, and I don't know why. You know, you it is it is heavy. Like they do throw a lot of contradictory kind of science terminology mm. in there. I think actually, oh fuck it, you're gonna know, find out how much of a nerd I am. There's actually bits in the script where they just write tech. They're just right. So, Geordi, he was a guy that was in the engine room. They're right. Geordi has a problem with tech. And then some geezer would come in and just write, like, you know, yeah. Dalithian crystal crack. Yeah, so, there's bam. one guy in there that had to kind of make it sound right. But I reckon they did cut a few corners. But I think what I, just what I love about Star Trek The Next Generation is the fact that it's just, it's kind of like it's trying to show them the best side of the human race in the future like if mm. things go right and we make some right decisions and we try to be good people <clears throat> this is where we can be equal rights in ways that yeah. are just un- unheard of today do you know what I mean it's quite aspirational in yeah. that sense as a, as a human you take all the you know the, the rest of it out there it is people trying to better themselves and, and better people around them yeah, yeah. and being quite selfless as well because yeah. these days a lot of drama uh, and TV and f- movies or whatever, you've, there's always a conflicted central character, isn't there? Who's usually like, there's there's you know the couple of tropes of the the drunk detective, <laughs> you know, or the you know the the guy who's who's not faithful to his wife but is also saving the murder mystery. Yeah, uh, you know, there's the guy you know in Game of Thrones, you'd have, you know, only a handful of characters are truly good. Yeah, 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 and so there's something about Star Trek that's quite innocent, isn't it? It's quite. Oh, I yeah. know who I'm rooting for. Yeah. I know why I'm rooting for them, and that's just great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's just really matter of fact with some of it, its progressive output. So, like, when I was watching the original series, I forget that this is a show that's, like, 55 years old, right? And you've got, like, a 
black woman like with mm. a main role in this show like so a woman to have a to be a part of the main cast without just silly dilly, dilly dally lies dressed up like a cheerleader yeah at that time was phenomenal so you've got Hura there and you've got Sulu there on the comms and then you've got other aliens alien life forms and they're all just living together working together to, for this greater purpose and it was just it's an inspirational watch when you take it from that point of view and even when you look at things like um, Voyager you've got a female captain it's just so matter of fact it's yeah. not, they don't make a thing about it do you no. know what I mean and, and it's like in a world now where everybody wants to have equal rights rightly so and uh, everyone wants to kind of just pull together and move forward rightly so again it's nice to kind of watch a show like that you know especially where there's so much going on in the world to kind of flick over to Star Trek it's kind of like ah. Oh. Ah, oh, that's nice. It's a nice little refreshing <laughs> break from the world. So, uh, my eyes just caught in the corner. You've got a PlayStation VR headset. Yeah, man, that's it. Have you have you played the Star Trek? Of course, I fucking have. Yeah, of course, I have. Because yeah. that, yeah, yeah. you know, if you're, oh, if you're into your Star oh. Trek, that's that's class. That's the, oh. the, the, when I first played that. Is when I r- r- truly thought for the first time I can kind of see this VR thing working because yeah, up until that point I was like I don't get it. Yeah. Gaming is all is, these days is all about sort of bringing people together and VR sort of isolates you from from that. But yeah. this game, you know, we basically if you haven't played it, you, you take controls of different parts of the ship and you've got a captain who's in charge and someone's in charge of shooting, someone's in charge of driving or whatever. Yeah. You don't drive a spaceship, do you? Whatever, yeah, you know what I mean? mean? That's all right. Yeah, we're wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, and and that when I played that with a couple of people a few years ago uh, at an at an E3 I was like oh right this is what it can be yeah this yeah. can bring people together I thought that was yeah. really cool show the cool co-op side of VR man um, and yeah in case you didn't notice Stefan is part of the gaming show on Radio 1 like you know so you are into gaming quite a lot so it's a great kind of seg into that before we kind of talk about what you've been doing the show recently how did that come around by the way like, how did you end up being the you know one of the front fronts for that yeah so I, I moved to um, work for Newsbeat on Radio 1 I used to work for BBC Wales surprise surprise I don't know what gave it away Jamaican accent yeah that's what, that's it, what it is, it was, yeah. That's what it is yeah. Uh, so I used to work there and then um, about five years ago moved to work on Radio 1 and um, we had a tech no, a tech reporter at the time was looking at tech stuff but he was so busy because there's loads of technology stuff happening mm-hmm. and a gaming event came up and he was like oh can, can anybody go to this Halo event and it was the Halo Master Chief collection um, on the Xbox Yeah, and I was like oh, I, 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 like, I like gaming I'll go along and um, and that was it sort of snowballed from there then we did a special programme and then uh, he was busy doing the other tech stuff so like well I'll keep picking up the gaming stuff and mm-hmm. um, so we do lots of stories on Newsbeat so on the radio and online and then we started experimenting with some YouTube stuff uh, and and at the same time then Radio 1 were looking at putting on putting a gaming show on the iPlayer and we were both working on something at the same time so we brought it together and so it means that we produce some of them and I present on on, on them with Julia uh, Julia Hardy who's like you know knows everybody in the gaming industry and um, you know so we have lots of fun together on on the show looking at sort of themes of big issues and big changes in the industry and stuff so we've done a, a whole range of stuff from we um you know from going to E3 the big shows to you know like looking at remakes or looking at you know Call of Duty FIFA we've done a, you know you name it we've we've looked at it on the show yeah, and, and you've I've, I was actually rewatching a, one of the recent episodes where you were creating new games as well. That's, that, that was interesting. <laughs> that was fun. Well, it's you know, as a journalist, I find it's 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 difficult for me just to chat about stuff without. I can't help it, but I've got to ask the question. Got to ask questions about yeah. stuff. Why you do it like this? Why is it like that? What does this mean for so and so? And you know, there's loads of new games coming out, but we're just looking at it. it's like a lot of the. If you look at big games these days, they're usually remakes. 
reversionings, franchises we've seen before. You know, the big games that come out every year, FIFA, Call of Duty, the res, you know, and they're, they're brilliant games in their own right. I spend most of my time when I'm not trying to finish Red Dead Redemption <laughs> playing Blackout. Yeah. Right? I love Call of Duty as much as the next man. But where we were, you know, we were looking online and we're seeing people asking the question, where's the new stuff? Where are the new franchises that in 10 years time people are going to say, oh my God, we're playing so on the sequel of so-and-so. Um, and so, you know, the gaming industry needs to have a mix of both, I think it's probably fair to say. And so we were just looking in this late, later show, where is, how do you find that balance? And it was really interesting because we had um, some, you know, a range of perspectives, uh, but people telling us about how they look, publishers out there looking at indie games and deciding whether or not they should back them or not and what, what sells a game to them, what makes it unique and different. And it was, it was really fun. Plus, we got to do some painting and I'm absolutely terrible at arts and crafts, as you discover in this episode. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm I told you that, that weren't a strongest subject of school, was it, bro? It was, it, it, I mean, what game? Yeah, no. <laughs> it wasn't, I can't, what can I say? What can I say, Mark? I can't say anything. It's awful. You can't be good at everything, all right, mate? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and Julie's really arty. So we, yeah, it's, in this show, we... We sort of sell the, the concept of, you know, where the new ideas in gaming by us going to an art studio and having to come up with our own characters for a game. Yeah. And Julia's very, very creative. She comes up with this quite nicely painted, you know, really sort of conceptual creation. And I just draw a man with massive muscles. Yeah. I was like, that's, I was looking at it thinking, yeah, that's probably what I'd try and draw. And I wouldn't do that very well either. But, you know. Sometimes you just got to have strong stick man game. Yeah, I reckon that's what it's all about. Strong stick man game. Yeah, but it's been it's been really fun. So Newsbeat obviously is part of um, Radio One. So we do the news on the station, but also we're part of BBC News. And so it's been interesting for us to be doing news features about games. Um, but also doing entertainment programs about games as well, where we ask questions that are interesting and relevant to people, um, but also have a bit of fun while we do it. Would you say it's fair to say, say that gaming is a massive part of youth culture, kind of almost overlooked until very re yeah, recently I mean, by a lot of people? I was giving a presentation recently about this, you know, a couple of weeks ago. The games industry in the UK was valued at £5.7 billion. Pounds. It's massive. Yeah. But that number in, in isolation doesn't really mean anything. You know, what is, is that big? Is it small? I don't really know. But when you say that it's worth more than music and movies combined in the UK, I think that gives you an indication of just how big this industry is. And, you know, the numbers of one in three people in the UK play a game every day. So, you know, you can't, the the change in the industry from what it was 30 years ago where people thought it was, you know, men in their pants sitting in dark rooms playing Space Invaders or whatever. Now it's men in sexy-ass pyjamas playing games yes. in, in dark rooms. In dark rooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's still an element of that. And then, yeah. of course... The, you know games are for everybody if you want to yeah. sit in your pants in a dark room and play games all day then you crack on you do you that's that's fine yeah. but it's also if you want to play um, a mobile experience that lasts you 45 minutes on the train then you're a gamer too come and join us get involved you know what games are these days has totally changed so mm. the BAFTAs were last week right BAFTA games so yeah. as a, in my research um, so we were doing news coverage for the BBC not just for news people for all of the BBC on that day um, about what was happening so past my, re my research was looking at all the games that were nominated because so many games come out these days uh, and gaming is a part of my job but it's not the only thing I do so sometimes a game will slip through the net and I don't get to play them all which is a shame I'd love yeah. to just sit there playing them all day so I played the mobile game which to be fair mates of mine have been telling me for a while you should play this called Florence 
Have you, have you tried it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Beautiful. What, what a, a game. game. Right? But it's over in, you know, it's not very long. Oh, yeah, short game, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. But that is, that's a game now. You know, my my wife who wouldn't necessarily, you know, quit, or my sister who wouldn't, you know, think of themselves as gamers, sat down and, and played that start to finish. And so you've got those experiences. And basically the game, if you haven't played it, it's a mobile game and you're... Yeah, you live the life of, of a woman who's a so 25 year old who's falling in love and spoiler alert the relationship doesn't necessarily work out um, it's a little puzzle game it's beautiful Monument Valley another mobile game you know a puzzle game um, the, the stuff these, these games can do now and also then you've got my Call of Duty when I'm I want to shoot as many people as possible in a short space of time and shout at the screen and get frustrated <laughs> and, and do all of that stuff you know if somebody kills you in blackout when you're down to the last 10 and they've snuck up behind you there is nothing more frustrating but that's the beauty of games now compared to what it used to be is you've got this huge spectrum of stuff that you can get stuck in, uh, get involved with when I'm on a big I know I've got a long flight coming up in June I've got football manager on my switch and that's what I'm going to spend seven hours doing thank you very much and there's that range of experiences out there for you yeah I think the the gap the BAFTAs really took um, time to kind of really show the whole spectrum of gaming as well um, and by the way Stefan was looking sharp that's very good oh mate that was a you look good yourself to be fair oh, Man, I just threw on a quick suit but <laughs> Stefan had the whole, whole was, that, was that a three piece five piece uh, nine mean, twelve piece I mean it's, I went I went three piece it yeah yeah, it yeah man so controversial what do you think about this man I should have asked you this before I went yeah, really. so it's a black tie event right yeah man but it's not really black tie yeah it's gamers isn't it so they were just that's what I love about it it's right. like, it like black tie I was asking people when you say black tie full penguin they were like black tie yeah yeah but go on so my three piece which I was quite quite pleased with yeah yeah but it was navy it's all right. Do you think it's okay? It's cool. Nah, you 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 had the was it the dicky bow? You had the dicky bow. I had dicky bow. I had a jazzy tie. That was on. it. Yeah, jazzy tie. I remember the colours yeah. on that. Uh, yeah, I reckon that was a good okay, look. Fine. If it was like it's a, too late now, anyway. So if it, yeah, if it, yeah, it's done now. Yeah. If it was like a dinner do, like a, a like a yeah. three course dinner do, I think that's where everybody's kind of got. No, if it specifically says black tie only, yeah, then then I take it. It, it doesn't say that. And I know. I've been to the, yeah. You know, we've been to the Baftas yeah. every year for the past few years, and it is quite. It's a loose yeah. black tie. It is. It is. So I think it went okay. But thanks for noticing. Yeah, no, you're looking sharp. Man, uh, and I think being there at the BAFTAs and kind of even if you just take time to look at the the nominations and such, if if you if you don't go there, kind of makes you realise how big the industry is because there's quite literally Hollywood actors, you know, and and and, and high level television actors that that get incorporated in some of these games, you know, so like God of War, which swept up this year. Do you know what I, I mean? I think I think rightly so as yeah, well for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really it's subjective, and there's some obviously. Yeah. other games out there and you know we'll talk about we've been talking about Red Dead yeah. uh, too early and I suppose that was a shock that it didn't win anything yeah. but for me um, I think God of War was the complete package for me last year I, I thought it was I thought it was really really clever uh, especially because they did so much with they, they changed that character and he was there wasn't he Christopher Judge and I've been lucky enough I got to interview him this year and what yeah. a voice oh he's and he, he actually sounds like that in real life yeah, he does like, he do, he's not putting it on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like a, he's like a, a big man as well yeah. like, so if, you, if, if you're old enough to remember like Stargate SG-1 yeah. he played sort of like the warrior type out of their crew and it's easy to forget just how much of a physical man he's like he's got a great booming voice and kind of the body to go around it when you go yeah. up to him and shake his hand it's like he's holding your ha- arm up to your elbow when he's yeah, shaking yeah. he's like nice to meet you yeah you can yeah. take your feet off the ground uh, oh, you casually casually also, he was wearing a jazzy ass I was going to well. say oh, that snake skin number Woo. Oh, if you haven't seen it do, like, oh, check 
man, we'll throw a picture up on the Twitter. He yeah. was looking fire. It was, yeah. yeah, it was impressive. Yeah, yeah. So that made me feel better about the Navy when yeah. I saw that. I was like, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone would stand out next to him. He was looking loud. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there were just some great games. Like, I feel like they really went across the board and they've got kind of, the fact that they've got awards for like mobile gaming experiences yeah. uh, and for sort of original property, which is quite interesting as well. You were talking about new games mm. that came out. So it wasn't just, they took time to kind of make sure that they weren't just celebrating, you know, nothing wrong with it, God of War because it yeah. could have just been the God of War awards you know what I mean or yeah. the Red Dead 2 awards and I think in the gaming industry you have awards that do look at more popular well it's not popular because of course these games are popular because yeah. they're, they're doing well but games that you know they get more mainstream attention than should we say because you've got yeah. the golden joysticks which are sort of largely non- voted for by gamers yeah. and so the BAFTAs I suppose sort of take a step back from that interesting though when you think, when you look at what gamers are playing and what was nominated, there is a little bit of a, a bit of a tension there. And, and there's people say this about the Oscars every year. Like, you know, yeah. Moonlight is an amazing film. Yeah. Not many people saw it. It still wins an Oscar. Yeah. So it's trying to get that balance right of like, well, this is a really popular game. Millions of people have bought it and are playing it every day. But, you know, so there are games that are out there that, that fit that category that didn't get nominated. So it's trying to get, the, you know... Have they got that balance right between games that are clearly, you know, well-made, beautiful games that tell a fantastic story, but less people are playing them compared to these big blockbusters that are also really technically good, more people are playing them. Where's the balance in between that? Um, I, th- I think, that, you know, I think in the end, the right, you know, the right, you can't really argue with the people that won the awards. Um, but it is an interesting tension, I think, sometimes in the industry between what's popular uh, and and what's good, and also it's so subjective, isn't it? What I like, what yeah. you like, it's just massive. It's, just, it's it's different. It's just a massive industry. So f- to be able to you know say that you like a game and to know that you, there's a massive audience, even if they're not in that room, that follow it, like old school RuneScape when yeah. that got announced, they were mad, didn't they? Everybody, it, the play, it was the loudest cheer of the night. I've got to be honest, like yeah. people were going off and I was just like a game that I understand is big played a little bit of and isn't really a bit of me I was like wow like this is why this game won that won that award yeah what is brilliant about that you know the BAFTAs I think and we you know our lead up to our courage is that in one category you had Red Dead Redemption 2 you know one of the, the games cost a lot of money to make hundreds of people put that together a labour of love that lasted years mm in the same category best British game against Two Point Hospital yeah you know which is made in Farnham just in the outskirts of London with a small team uh, and we went and we filmed with them before and they were like we're really pleased to be nominated look we're up against this you know and two totally different experiences yeah. but you know put together in the in the same category I think that's really cool so as a guy that's kind of consuming quite a, a, a few games and your research in that area with things like the Labo sitting next to a PlayStation 4 and you know mobile gaming like what's going to happen in the future as mobile tech is kind of catching up with regards to what it's got inside it you know, it's, you, you know we've got the Switch is a great example mm. that kind of is the perfect crossover from phone tablet to kind of mainstream console do you think we're going to go into a direction where kind of every every device that we have can sort of access the same game kind of like with Fortnite and such yeah it's interesting because I mean you look at Google also getting involved now oh, yeah. and they're going down the sort of the most the streaming route right? shows you how big it is when Google want to get, yeah, in, when involved, get involved yeah. they want to yeah. get involved yeah. I don't think anybody's really got the answer at the moment they don't really know um, you know there's a lot of people suggesting that it actually it's it's less the device 
route that the answer lies in, but it's more the access to the game. So it is this this idea of streaming. So you'll be able to play the same game regardless of whether it's on your phone or whether it's um, whether it's on a on a proper console. Um, can, rather, so that's the more the approach. Some people are arguing go, we're going down rather than creating a device that can sort of cross. Um, all of the all of them so like the switch is the first and maybe you might go down that line mm. interestingly I just I just don't think people know I think you're going to get a lot of people sort of experimenting with stuff until, until something sticks because if you look at VR I can remember doing interviews at E3 three four years ago and top level developers staring me looking me in the eye and saying this is a hundred percent the future of the gaming industry in a couple of years time everybody is going to have a vr headset you know this is where the games industry is going now some people will point i'm sure will listen and they'll say oh well there's quite good sales figures for headsets and there's you know there are x many they've sold across the world but it doesn't you don't have people sitting in the pub saying oh my god i play that amazing vr game you've got to go and get it it's not there yet mm-hmm. and you know so for all that energy and, and your know, people are still you know I know Oculus have got a new thing coming out and the, the PSVR I'm sure will have an update soon and you know the people aren't giving up on the VR experiment of course they're not but it hasn't been the, the smash hit that people were expecting it to be Yeah, and I think that because people don't really know what's going to land with gamers and I think the Switch could have gone you know Nintendo it was a risky move was it going to work was it not, not going to work and it, I think it, it has worked I think people the fact you can play it on the bus play it at home that's really cool so yeah. nobody really knows the answer this streaming stuff the, you know the, the Google um, you know getting involved in it and you've got Xbox with their game pass and you know this idea that you know that you can access games on demand like a Netflix of gaming sort of thing is really interesting could be the answer you try playing that in rural Glamour where I'm from where the Wi-Fi is you can barely send a WhatsApp message <laughs> you know ain't happening mate you know, ain't happening my, yeah. I can barely get on the internet I live in central London <laughs> right um, you know so you know my dad can barely send me an email because you know the internet's not great where we're from yeah well I mean my dad's like that that's just because he's my dad <laughs> <laughs> so I mean I, I don't want to yeah. cop I don't want to sit yeah. on the fence here either mate but I just yeah. feel like I don't think we really know and it's quite it's an exciting time people are trying all this stuff out ultimately I still think that games are king and whatever device has got the best games on that's where the gamers are going to be yeah um, and that's where I think play, you know PlayStation over the past few years have sold more than Xbox because they've had the games um, and and that's sort of basically I think been the point of difference do you know we've got true for that we have, we have a Xbox fanatic in the studio of our producer Billy loves <laughs> Xbox and he recently sent us a message all the, all the presenters saying what's your what's your PS tag because um, um, Billy I've come over because because Spider-Man it was Spider-Man that won him over yeah Spider-Man brought him over and it's you know it's very interesting you said that because I think that's a very important strategy from PlayStation I think last E3 was kind of a lot of games companies putting their like throwing their cars out and saying this these are the games we've got Spider-Man just for me was one mm-hmm. of the games that I was like if this game is as good as they say it is what the version that we're playing now is really going to make people buy consoles and Billy is proof of that do you know what I mean does it feel like you're cheating on, on the misses Billy no, not really, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's oh, don't care. It got, got a bit stale. Because there's, no, there's not very many good games that exclusives on Xbox. All the exclusives, the good ones, are on PlayStation. Yeah, well, and that's what, you know, a lot of gamers felt the same as Billy, and that's why, you know, PlayStation sales were better. Although, yeah. interestingly now, you do get a sort of 
end of an era feel with the PlayStation, don't you? You know, now that um, you know God of War, Spider Man, you talked about. We know that Last of Us Two is coming at some point, which is you know I know we talked about original games earlier, yeah. but some in that program that we made about original games, Julia makes a really good point. She's like, obviously, it's important that you know the games industry is coming up with new things, new ideas, but sometimes you just want to go back to what you know and love and want to find out more. And she's and I'm the same, really excited about finding out what's going to happen with that Last of Us story, yeah. the first game also cried playing that one I don't cry playing all games right but I did have to play um, and so you know so we know we've got that coming we know they've got Death Stranding coming at some point the new Kojima game but you do get a sense that they're sort of winding down they're not going to be at E3 this year yeah that's, that was a, that's big news though like, yeah I mean yeah. Just, you know because possibly because they've got nothing new to say or show and so and then you're waiting for PlayStation 5 whenever that's going to come but it means that Xbox interestingly you know Billy's moved over I've got a bit of room yeah. to sort of step into so you know yeah. that they've already teased before that you know some big franchises you know Halo is going to be coming back at some point Gears of War is going to be coming back at some point so um, whether or not they're going to be able to make up enough ground by the time we've moved on to talk about the next generation of consoles yeah but what's also interesting as well and we've seen Rockstar employ this method as well you can actually just port the game over to the next console and and GTA 5 did really well they kind of dropped at the end of the lifespan of the PS3 yeah. really and it was kind of a, a situation where if you still wanted to play the game you'd be like oh alright just I'll get the PS4 version do you know what I mean and and uh, well, good good timing for Red Dead Redemption Two. Actually, yeah, when yeah. you look at look at the Nintendo Switch, right? Yes. People bought that because Zelda was on it. Now you could still play Zelda on the Wii U. Yeah, but I want the better Zelda. I love Zelda, and I waited a long time for this Zelda game to exactly. come out. So I want the best Zelda experience I can get, mm-hmm. and to do that, I need the Switch. So I'm going to yeah. buy that. Yeah. And so you can see that possibly Last of Us, Death Stranding, Red Dead Redemption Two, those sorts of games will be playable. Probably I don't I haven't, got, I haven't got any jazzy insight for you here. This is just you know off the top of my head. Surely those games are going to be playable on your PS5 when it comes, so that people. Oh well, I know I'm going to get an amazing experience when I buy yeah. this. Yeah, definitely. I, I look forward to it, man. I look forward to hearing about your coverage of E3 as well. We're we're still in two two minds whether we're going to be out there or not because of the whole Sony thing as well. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you don't. It's a lot of us up in the air. I think yeah. a lot of the companies themselves don't know what they're doing. Yeah, is Google going to be there? Surely yeah. this is the time that for could them be a to big gap for them to fill well, in that you know, vacuum. It, 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 does it, it kind of makes sense, right? Because yeah. you know, you, there's not going to be Sony announcements, so you know, Microsoft are probably rubbing their hands with glee thing and here we go it's yeah. a chance for us to get some stuff out there Nintendo the same. Nintendo I think are interesting at this E3 because you know talking about games that sell consoles we know that um, Nintendo fans were desperate for a new Mario game they've got it they were desperate for a new Zelda game they've got it they were desperate for a new Super Smash Bros got it got it yeah. um, I think we've, we've heard that there's no Metroid coming soon so what's next for the Switch that's going to keep people as excited as they have been over those games. Is it a new Mario Kart? Don't know, because the 8's technically a remake, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was a, a zhuzh-up of the last a version. Of the last yeah, one. Yeah. And, I mean, to be fair, it's a pretty good zhuzh-up. Oh, sick. Ones, oh, yeah. yeah, it was deluxe. That was it. It was the deluxe yeah, it was, version. It was, yeah. it was deluxe. <laughs> it was very deluxe. So, um, you know, so what have they got um, coming out? And some of them, you know, you know, the big publishers then, in terms of, you know, Call of Duty... Ubisoft what are, what are we going to see from them so it will be an interesting year but the the void, the vacuum from Sony is going to be filled by someone and who that is we don't know yet mm. 
Interesting. We'll make sure you uh, keep in touch with Stefan on his socials as well because he's you are always tweeting out bits and bobs. Brexit as well. Yeah, <laughs> Brexit. Yeah, yeah. Well, Brexit my, my, my Welsh rugby. Yeah, that's it. So sorry about those in advance if you're not a rugby man. <laughs> NFL, right. politics, and games. It's a bit of a weird. It's a weird combo on that Twitter feed. Yeah, you love a bit of American football, is it? I'm it, like, obsessed. You've had quite a bit of an inv- involvement in it. Yeah. So yeah. I used to play. Yeah. yeah I mean, I was uh, I used to play in university. So I used to I grew up. Um, always loved sport. Watch anything. Aussie rule. You name it. Put it on, and I was a kid. I'd watch it. Loved NFL growing up, and I followed the Auckland Raiders. And around about 2003, they were really good. They got to a Super Bowl. I was like, yes, I'm in. This is my team. I'm going to support them. Look, they're doing really well. They got to the final. They lost. But still, they're going to be good. Ever since then, they've been one of the worst teams (laughs) in the league by an absolute stretch. They've been terrible. But I still love them. My phone cases the Raiders. I've been to see them in LA and in London. Well, just outside LA, Auckland. uh, And in London. And I follow it religiously. Yeah, obsessed. So I played in university uh, for the Cardiff University Cobras. It was so much fun. Cardiff Cobras. Yeah, it's good. Good alliteration. Yeah, I like that yeah, man. Yeah, yeah it's fab. So I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I mean, the standard isn't isn't fantastic, but there was loads. I made some mates for life as well, which was really, which is probably the most fun thing. I met my wife. My wife was a cheerleader. I so your, your wife was a player. I was like, oh no, mixed <laughs> yeah, teams. Yeah, she's stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, she was a cheerleader, so that's how we met. And um, so I loved playing, but then I, I I bust my knee up playing, so I had to coach. Then for a bit, so I loved it. So you did, did a bit of coaching. Then, did a yeah? bit of coaching. It was a uh, deep. You have offensive and defensive courses. So a defensive coordinator coming up with all the plays and all this stuff. It was really fun. Sick. It's very technical with regards to yeah. that. Isn't it? Yeah. As somebody once described it to me as chess with helmets. Which I kind of I can roll with that, yeah. Yeah, man. I've seen like some of those plays that you that you get down. They're super complex, right? And, and they like, change depending on what the other person does. So if you run this way, it means okay, I don't do this. So if you run that way, then I do this, and it changes depending on what happens. Sick. Yeah. And where, where did you play, by the way? Like, what was your position? So my position is a position called uh, corner, cornerback. Right. So basically, if you don't know the NFL, at one point, uh, quarterback throws the ball right, and somebody's got to try and catch it. So your job as a cornerback is to stop the other dude from catching the ball, or if he does catch it then tackle him action packed yeah well it's really quiet and then it's, it's, it's funny if you're doing a good job nobody notices you but if you mess up everybody's like what do you do that for because <laughs> they usually score a touchdown yeah. oh man alright yeah. I'm not that into NFL I mean I watch a ge- I watch the big games yeah but I just feel like it's it's I think Bright, Nick Bright explained a bit to me because he yeah. started following following it, um, and I get it. Like, but at the end of the game, I kind of understand everything that's going on. By the time it gets to me watching another game, I kind of forget what's happening. Yeah. But it's by yards, isn't it? So it is by yards. It's, it's basically for me, it's a mix of rugby league and cricket. Yeah. And if you bear with me, I'll I'll join those dots. So in rugby league, you get six attempts to score. If you don't, the other team get the ball back. It's like that in American football, but you get four attempts to make ten yards, and if you do it, then you get to go again. And then it's like cricket because you go and watch a cricket match. You go and watch England play in a test match. It takes all day. Sometimes you're watching the game. Sometimes you're drinking. Sometimes you're chatting to your mates. Sometimes you're switching in. And it's like that with the NFL. It's not like our football where you're zoned in, concentrating, normally sweating or screaming at the team team or the ref or whatever for 90 minutes. It's less of an intense focus for that prolonged period of time. You sort of dip in and out. And then when it gets to a certain point where something big's about to happen, then you switch on. Right. What I love about uh, the NFL is that ma- three hours of action turns on 
one second of magic or somebody's mistake or whatever and you can be coached within an inch of your life but somebody will just do something spontaneous and it tears the whole thing apart and it starts again and that's what I, and that's why I, I fell in love with the game sick sick are you, are you into quite a few other American things as well I've got down here that you, you're a fan of a burger I a, absolutely a, love hamburgers so, wow the look right, the look on Stefan's face when oh, I said yeah. that like, like, what, like, what, what about burgers is if you I like a burger but the, the look on your oh, face I tell you what I mean, the how light long, on his how face long right now got? go hit me with it man so there's I don't know ever since I was a kid um, I've loved hamburgers burgers and fries we went to America when I, I was lucky enough to go to America with my uh, family when I was about 14, 15 yeah. and I just fell in love with it you know and so now the good thing is in the UK is the sort of the burger restaurant the burger and fry place is becoming quite you know, it's quite trendy now. It's getting better, yeah. yeah. it's getting better. So everywhere, so so the UK has upped its burger game, which is fantastic. But I can remember when I first moved to London, I was trying to shift a couple of pounds. On the way, on the way into work, I walked past six different burger joints. I was like, "Come on, <laughs> give a man, cut the man some slack." <laughs> so yeah, I like it. And I, you know, me and me, uh, you know, me and my wife, we go around, we we try different burger places out, and then I've got sort of when I go to different, <laughs> you, you asked. Go for it, when man. we go to different places, I sort of I judge the, the the burger joint on sort of three different criteria. So one, there's the the patty itself, so just the meat, just just the meat, just the nothing, meat bit. Just nothing the, else, the bit, just the meat right, bit. Yeah. Two, the burger as a whole. So you're talking how the patty mixes with the bun. Is it a brioche bun? Is it toasted? Is it not toasted? Um, what's the condiments? Is there lettuce, non-lettuce, onions, non-onions? Is there a sauce, etc., etc. right? Whack that all together. And then third, atmosphere of the place. Oh, wow. Because for me, I've got places where I uh, the bun is brilliant, but the meat's a bit whatever, or the meat is amazing, but the bun's a bit rubbish, and the atmosphere's flat. And so judging on those three criteria, then we've got our favourite places that we go to. So what's the, what constitutes a good atmosphere? Like, Oh, you just want it to be lively. You want to have people sort of chatting, having fun around you. You don't want to be going somewhere that's silent. You don't want the music to be too loud because you can't chat with whoever you're with. But also you don't want it to be too um, too quiet so you feel like you're in a library. You know, it's, yeah. you've got to, it's, a, it's an interesting mix. Is it, a, is it a burger and a beer sort of a place? Or is it somewhere you go to on a night out? Or is it a burger and a shake sort of a place where it's more of a lunch thing? You know, there's a lot. It's, it's variables in there. You're going down a rabbit hole, yeah, mate. Yeah, like variables. This. There. And the states, mind, I'll say that I'm lucky enough that I get to travel a fair amount with work, yeah. usually through the gaming stuff. So we've been to, to Japan and Korea and, mm-hmm. you know, to meet really interesting developers or or get access to games and, and, and see things that really sort of shine a light on the industry for the yeah. audience at home. Yeah. But going to America is always great because burger joints. I can't lie. I think my, one of my favorite joints out there is In-N-Out. First thing, it's the first thing I hit when I come out of LA. Animal your fries up. Oh, cool. Listen, I'm a, I'm a double double. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, animal fries. Yeah, uh, and then if I'm if if it's my if, I, if I've just landed, I get the Neapolitan shake as well. That's where they put do all it. the flavors of the milkshake. Yeah, yeah, yeah in. do it. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I love, I love. Oof. I mean, there's so many so um, animal style. If fries. you do go oh, to, if you do yeah. choose to go to eat yeah. this year, we're gonna have a conversation yeah, because. Man. Uh, in and out is obviously a very famous fast food place out there. Yeah, it's the like West Coast, then. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are some other sneaky ones I have to tell you about. Oh, you, oh, you got you got the in, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, mate. I mean, I, I just like I say, I'm, I love it. I really enjoy it. Right. Okay. Right. So, because because I'm over here, I've got a few places that I like, but I feel like after having a few burgers in the states, I come back here and I'm like, it's good. 
But it's, well, it's I don't know. What, what is it? What is it that makes it, it makes an American burger different? I don't know because on paper it's basically the same, right? Yeah. I mean, and arguably, the, the, you know, Britain's famed for its meat all over the world. Yeah. You know, we we sell meat all over the world, and so what? So it can't be the meat. I don't know what I don't know what it is. A bit of it must be the atmosphere. A bit of it must be the American. I think maybe you know, there yeah, you've, yeah. you've got an American waitress or yeah. a waiter, and they're very attentive yeah, and they're yeah, on yeah. you, and you, they're refilling your drinks. Well, even well, even you know, you haven't got to look at them. Yeah, uh, and they're, they're so maybe maybe that's it. So really, that's what you like to do to kill time. You, you're a burger connoisseur out there. It's one of the things. How many burgers do you have a week? You said you lose well, a bit so, of weight. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying, trying to, trim. to. Yeah, so to be fair, I'm really rationing it at the moment. So when I go to the states, I really try and make sure that I don't. I could have one. Twice a day, every day, yeah, easy, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so I try to limit one. So at the moment, I'm trying to have about, I don't know, two a month, something like that, once a four, which is really hard. That's so hard for you, yeah, bro. it's really tough. Look on you, you look like... <laughs> it's really tough. <laughs> Stefan's face looks upset. He's like, one every two weeks. Bro. You know, and, and then what happens is when I say, no, I've had a, I've had a couple... Yeah, and it's the end of a night. Yeah, oh, you know, and then you have one. They're like, "Oh, that's such a waste." Yeah, I've wasted my allocation for the for the week. I can't have yeah. another one now because I've yeah. wait- and you don't really taste it properly. You scoff that day. You yeah. breathe it in. You've had a few yeah. beers. You know, maybe you've moved on to the G and Ts afterwards. Yeah. A couple of tequilas. Oh, great! I'll have a, I'll have something on the way home, and then, oh, no, I can't go to wait another two weeks before fucking up. Wow! Wow! Well, you know what? I'm, I look forward to trying some burgers of you in the states, yeah, man. I mean, that might be the thing that, thing that brings me over to E3 <laughs> now. But um, now, cheers for coming on the show, man. No, Do you want to share with everyone how they can find you online? Yeah, of course. So it's at Stefan Powell. So it's S T E W F A N Powell P O W E W L on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, there we'll be sharing all the sort of gaming stuff that we talk about on Newsbeat and on the Radio and Gaming Show as well, and the other documentaries we do uh, with some random chat about burgers and um, Welsh rugby thrown in. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks very much for joining us. No, thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Uh, and now we're going to be joined by Claire and Matt, who are the producer and director behind The Risen Possession, which is a film that has some great talent in it, including myself. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, guys. 
How's it going? Hey. Yeah. Hey. Do you want to introduce yourselves uh, by name just in case anyone gets Claire and Matt mixed up, obviously, because you sound so alike, yeah? <laughs> well, I'm Matt. Yeah. And I'm Claire. Perfect. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so thanks for coming down on the show today, man. The Risen Possession. Yes. I know a bit about it, obviously. Yeah, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I was sure a guy that just kept on <laughs> sneaking onto set all the time, but mm. what, what what is it about? Like, Because there's like a whole Risen world, isn't there? So. There's, there is a universe we were literally just talking about this yeah we were like how do you explain it yes uh, we, we yeah we had like a we had like a short version a long version go on you do your version. version uh it's it should be long uh, <laughs> 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 right. um it's a lovecraftian sci-fi action horror extravaganza made for 25p <laughs> uh and it is the <laughs> Okay, 24p. I don't know he's laughing. It's because he knows how much it was. Uh, and um, it is... Uh, for us, it was the second part in, in a, in a two-part two story, but it's a standalone film. Uh, and uh, it's about a, a group of group of urban explorers who uh, wander themselves into a military complex and happen upon the door to, let's call it chaos. Yeah. Daughter Chaos. Daughter Chaos. Yeah, we've yeah. kind of created, well, there's two films, as Matt said. Yeah. So we've kind of created this complete uh, world within these films, which is pretty crazy, but mm. amazing at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the part one to the film was set in the 50s, mm-hmm. uh, and that was uh, ju- set in the 50s just after the, just after the Second World War. Uh, and it's, uh, it's sort of based on uh, the, the, the urban myths of uh, the military. Um, how do you say uh, experimenting uh, should we say with uh, not just psychedelics but also with um, soldiers uh, yeah. stuff like that because there was a time like when like this is a natural thing by the way so I'm not just like bugging out on mad YouTube videos but there was a time when the military <laughs> were quite experimental with things that they did like all like some of the stuff that you see in sci-fi films like The Risen and The Risen Possession they're not too far off some of the things that they proposed to yeah. at least try and freeze the budget because there was a time when the army had a lot of fucking money and a lot of people with ideas yeah. yeah, and you know there were some whether you call them amazing or not Inventions, or should we say, devastating inventions that they made. There are also a lot, a lot of other things out there that were really kooky when you look back at them. Like, yeah, yeah, do you know what crazy. I mean? Crazy. Yeah. When we were actually, when you were writing that, we were discussing that. I remember us having a conversation. Yeah, the government really, yeah. other governments kind of properly experimented. Yeah, it's really crazy. It's like the MK Ultra program and that, it's that sort of stuff. So you, can't, I feel like there's a little bit of a of a touch of that in there, Matt, as well, because you you wrote it, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, for my sins. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, there, there was there was a lot of that, like uh, Porton Down is the kind of uh, myth myth myth. Easy for you to spray. Uh, mythologically, the this kind of UK version of MK Ultra, yeah. um, which was the CIA was happily experimenting on on soldiers with psychedelics and God knows what else and hypnotism and some really I say kooky but it's shit balls crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, really, God knows what they're doing now. Uh, but yeah, Porton Down was the was the British sort of version of that, yeah. uh, essentially. And so if you if you Give it, give it, give Google uh, a couple of pages. You get a couple of pages into Google, and shit gets starts starts to get real weird on it. Uh, yeah. and, and it's 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 kind of fun, and it's easy to fall down that that rabbit hole, uh, like the YouTube video rabbit yeah. hole, for example. Uh, yeah, it's it's worth, it's worth a Google. So, as someone who was part of the program, how was that for you? Uh, it was okay. Uh, I feel like I came on the other side with a couple of p- 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 problems, but <laughs> other than that, I'm I'm good both inside and out. I don't. I who asked the question? <laughs> Six. So, 
<laughs> this is what Matt's like, by the way. He was like this on set all the what? time. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, just to clarify, I didn't actually tell the listeners in this episode, but yeah, I'm actually one of the uh, characters in the film. Uh, we'll He's amazing. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. But like, Claire, you're, you're part of this, you're producing, right? So yeah. that's like, a lot of people don't understand the sheer amount of work that you also have to do to make a film yeah. come together like talk us through like what your role is as a producer because a lot of people honestly they're like oh you just you know they just make it happen I'm like nah. <laughs> 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 do a lot more than that bro <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so a producer would find the script to begin with and then craft the script and then make the script happen and deliver the the final film that's the brief kind of uh, synopsis of what a producer yeah. does but the producer is there all the way sculpting it and helping the director's vision and and getting the investors the entire kind of yeah. process and in the end delivering the film as as promised basically yeah so you're like literally pulling it together like but you'll kind yeah. of have contact points of every single part yeah, that kind of happens yeah. With it. yeah but you didn't really have to work as hard finding the scripts because i know you guys yeah. got relationships well, so. shit when i <laughs> <laughs> She worked very, very pretty hard. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, this ain't your first film, though, is it, really? So you've no. done, a, done a few, right? This is our fourth film. Fuck. Fifth. Fifth. This fourth, is fifth. Our fifth. It's our 45th fifth film. 45th film, yeah. Yeah, 45th yeah, film. Yeah, so we obviously own Lost Eye Films. Yeah. And uh, I think we made our first film, Gangster Guns and Zombies, and then Matt shoved the Risen script in front of me Whoa. and instantly fell in love with it. Uh, was it was yeah, it all, we were, was it two parts when you wrote it or was it no, was it the it was just, first? It was just one, yeah. Yeah, we yeah we were chatting about this earlier because we, mm. we were trying to figure out because because for us it's like we have we do a lot of work over Skype at the moment and we have a we have a piece of paper with trigger warning written on it yeah. and any because any because all we, we're sort of dragging these films over the finish line um, they're they're really low budget extravaganzas just jumping up fucking nightmare so as it is for any independent filmmaker but um, it's it's been really hard and so. We're, we're, we're on Skype chatting and every time anything's coming up we're like a piece of paper with trigger warning on it because we've got PTSD about the films mm. <coughs> we also have one that says nice we do have one that says nice, nice but I, nice is a, is a recent one yeah. that's a pretty recent one yeah <laughs> uh, and um, uh, this the, we were talking about like oh shit we're going to go and see Marcus like we we, we get we, we're going to get these kind of questions we're like what mm. the fuck did it come from and we're yeah. trying to rack our brains back because it's a good like five four or five years ago yeah, now yeah. or something like we made two first. films in between getting the risen yeah. ready like that's that's fucking crazy mm. so like the the risen was originally a, a script called the tunnel uh, yeah. and it was it was we were just desperately trying to make something that we could make for as little as possible and so the idea of a, of a repeating um location was was the basis of that film and that 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 film then became the risen uh we then do i say this yeah. yeah 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 so the so just checking so the 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 rhythm was originally just it was just one film and we were advised basically through uh, a, a friend and who's an executive who became an executive producer on the film um was like in, in order to get the money together to make the one film at, at such a crazy low budget we we'd have to make two films yeah, I make basically, two. yeah, mm. um, because once the sets are made and the costumes costumes are bought and all the rest of it is there and done, you you may as well try and get the extra money to make a second film, and then that'll be better for investors yeah. and all the rest of it. Which so, was sound advice, mental mm. advice, but sound oh, yeah, it's crazy, yeah, yeah, because the nicest thing you could do is make yeah. two films back to back when you yeah. don't have enough money to make one film properly. Mm. So 
that's that's how the risen possession came about yeah. um, straight from the risen but we're, we're talking like yeah four or five years of, of work graft yeah. and you like doubled down on the film but you also doubled down on, on like on everything else yeah. and it's more than yeah. that yeah, yeah. alright cool so like the second film more important, uh, the second obviously you're like, all about the second film yeah the Marcus plays Adam in the film Let's see how Easy. much is on the cutting floor. Yeah, yeah. You said you've not seen a cut yet, have you? Uh, no, has yeah, yeah. We did, I did the DVD commentary with you. Oh, yeah, yes, that was course. it. Yeah, so we did. Yeah, Pretty did that. Good. Fucking hell, man. Yeah. Good memory there. <laughs> I'm part, I'm partying, bro. I get here yeah. a lot. I get here yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's why I live with. I, I yeah. live with that. Yeah. What day is it today? Yeah. You're Matt. You're Matt. Wait, you're what? Matt. Yeah. Who? Um, actually, before that, between both of the films, though, there's quite. Yeah. Activation. Um, there's quite a lot of choreographed fighting scenes in there, and I, I think you're quite heavy handed in that, innit, Matt? Because you, you're pretty handy with your hands, innit? You've got two lethal weapons there. <laughs> you got a license for those. <laughs> what way to the gun show? Uh, like, um, yes, I, I, I'm, uh, we, we had no money, so. Um uh, and I come from a, a martial arts background, but and a little bit of stunt choreography background. So and an MK Ultra background. And an MK yeah, Ultra yeah, background. Yeah, yeah. So yeah we, we had military training. Obviously, yeah, cool, cool. I can't remember none of that shit. Some <laughs> high as fuck. But uh, yes, uh, any time there was any sort of uh, stunts needed, um, I was kind of top of the list to get to have to fall downstairs or get hit in the head or whatever. Um, but. Some, those are some of the most fun, fun things really when you were telling me a story earlier obviously the producer on this these two crazy films didn't see this happening because I was oh. upstairs trying to put a thousand fires out Dear. but weren't you telling me a story earlier I about a crash mat and one of the actors we're going to get sued no you'd be fine Go for it. Was that was that well, one of legal the council? Was, was, was that was it one of this the? Was, no, no, I was, was, was the right. first film. Okay, cool. Yeah, film. Well, we, we, I think we did a little bit of this in the second film. But the first time, basically, one one of the one of the stunts was in the first film. Our uh, our lead lady has to like, there's a there's a there's a, a blind baddie's running down the tunnel. She steps to the side of the tunnel and clung hits it with it with a crowbar uh, in the head, and this blind sort of gets hit in the head and then leaps up into the air flat and then lands flat on its back on the floor off a shot. Now the, the 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 tunnels are like a couple of meters, three maybe three meters wide, if that. Uh, and uh, so this guy's got got a nice run up. We the, the, and that was the stunt was in one shot where we're over the shoulder of, of our lead lady, looking past her as she she swings this crowbar. He runs just slightly outside of it so that so that the shot's covered. We don't see her miss him essentially, but it looks like he connects. Uh, she connects. Sorry. So he had to whip his head back and jump up into the air, lie flat in the air, and then fall down flat out of shot. Yeah. Um, but because of the width of the tunnel. Uh, that meant there's no there's no matting. It's just a, it's just a, a solid concrete floor. So obviously, if he lands on the floor, he's going to really hurt himself. And he had on a mask as well as one of the bad guys. They're, they're blinds, and so he's literally blind. He's just running down the down the hall. And when we shout now, he whips his head back and jumps up into the air. Uh, and so the, one of the, one of my fondest memories is this poor kid because he's like he was a, a, a student that we got down who was helping out and he just happened to be like I knew like he knew one of the guys who was a gaffer so he was he was a mate of someone so he became the blind and he thought he was just being run up and down and suddenly he's doing this ridiculous stunt and I'm going to him okay so you you get hit with the crowbar and she's swinging this full crowbar him then you just jump up into the air like as high as you can lay flat like you're planking and then just fall down out of shot and dude I will slide a crash mat underneath you you won't even notice it you'll land it'll be fine 
but he's like yeah 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 <laughs> kid's like okay like he's got that, yeah. that mask off of his head yeah. looking me deep in the eye going yeah, yeah okay I trust you I trust you I trust yeah <laughs> yeah and then we start rolling and he goes up the other other end of the hall and, and starts running I'm like fuck I better hope I don't miss <laughs> Like not only do I hope I don't, I hope Laura doesn't miss. Yeah. If she if she's like a couple of inches, yeah. she gets ex- you know, excited and swings out. She's gonna clock him in the head. He'd be dead. <laughs> you fall down dead. We want to bury him out of back. So yeah, yeah that, the that, rest with the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was one of my most fun. Yeah. Stories. I think that's why I was recounting that. Yeah, I was saying, can we tell this story? Yeah, yeah. of course. Are we allowed to? I was saying that. Yeah, we it. had insurance. Yeah, did we? <laughs> yeah, no, no, we did. No. Yeah. 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 Yes, we did. Do you remember in our first film, Gangster Guns and Zombies? Sorry, Marcus, no, no, crack the fuck yeah, up. Thanks, thanks for coming down, mate. Claire, tell me about what happened in our first. Remember our first film, Gangster Guns and Zombies? Yeah, we had a load of extras come down set bless them and Charlie had Charlie is a big guy Charlie Rawls amazing actor massive guy just he's, like muscles he's just done stuff with Jackie Chan yeah, yeah he had to throw one of the extras over a car I don't want to talk about <laughs> it <laughs> Fuck, and she yeah. landed on her head yes and then she came back in a neck brace the, the next, next day, day. Well, <laughs> that's dedication she was amazing and she was, was like no it's fine team? she's like yeah she was on the netball team. team yeah basically yeah. we had this scene like the day before where we had to have a load of a load of zombies yeah. um, attack attack yeah. uh a uh, a van. I don't know how we got a netball team. I don't know why I that know. was. Uh, that was you. I don't being a genius. Anyway, this this group of net girls from a netball team came down, and they were the zombies. They had a great time. Yeah, they were awesome, brilliant. But they must have been like I don't know. Let's say eighteen. Yeah, they were young. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. They weren't acting. But anyway, um, yeah, so the, the next day, uh, I didn't say, did I? no, did you get it? No, you didn't. Uh, so, <laughs> anyway, so they come down the next next day. We have this stunt where Charlie has to throw over a, yeah. a car bonnet, and we didn't have a crash mat. And it was one of those sort of. No, we had a crash mat. Yes, we did. No, we had a crash mat there. Yes, we Charlie did. Charlie missed and what? threw her. So on it's the not bonnet. our fault, it's Charlie's fault. <laughs> he can be contacted yeah. at. Um, yeah, fuck, but she was in her twenties and she was great. Yeah, yeah, she but she came back. I mean, she's got a long life to kind of yes. you know get over it. Is she walking again now? I don't. She didn't don't. say anything <laughs> no, at the time, by the way. Just knocked she, out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I remember looking over and her not getting up. Yeah, like, yeah. I remember her not oh, getting really? up. Like because she was over the side of the car. I remember Charlie like looking over the side of the car, then looking back at me, and I'm going. Like thumbs up. Yeah, she just carried and on. She was just a But she didn't player. say anything. And I remember the next day we were shooting in this windmill. She came in with a net brace and we we're like, oh my God, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the take that's in the yeah. film. I was going to say, you get yeah. the shot though? Oh, yeah, we got that shot. Yeah, shot. got that shot. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Totally safe. <laughs> Completely safe. Everything was fine. <laughs> so, Claire, you mentioned actors. Uh, you managed to get some real good names for the Risen and Risen yeah. Possession, right? You got some 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 hitters. Yeah. Marcus Bronze. Yeah, I was going to say, we got Marcus. Yeah, but yeah. Apart, apart from that charming, the good-looking <laughs> the guy. Marcus Bronte. Yeah. What, you got the Marcus Bronte? Yeah. The Mon- Marcus Bronte. There's a few yeah. fakers out there, so, yeah. you know, you've got the real one. No, but you also got some some like, big UK talent, didn't you? Yeah, like, we nearly got Roger Moore. Oh, I remember, you telling, remember you telling me that, and I was like, I know. Yeah. That was close. It was close. Oh, uh, that would have been uh, You had the wonderful Sally Phillips, and the, the um, I got a little bit starstruck over Aid Edmondson. Legend, uh, yeah, Lich. yeah. He was fucking brilliant. Yeah, he was cool. How was it though, like, like getting those kind of people? That's like a that's a big look. I mean, the script's yeah, amazing. amazing, and pulling them in, that's like, yeah, it was hard. It was hard. It was, uh, and we had a thousand fires going on at the time. But I, I was. <laughs> Good producers never go up, so yeah. I just kept going. Not saying I'm a good producer, but yeah, I just She's kept going. She's a great producer. The script was strong, you know, so 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They said yeah. Yeah. How do we get? Yeah. Just asked him. He said yeah. One person, and then that was easy to get other people to to agree. Then sometimes. No, not really. I see that. No, I fucking know. Yeah. Stephen Marcus as well. Amazing. Strong name. From Lockstep. Mm, so yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, we had some great talent. Brilliant, yeah. Do you remember yeah. your uh, your audition? Oh, yeah. So it was, um, unsurprisingly. <laughs> it was like, it was, it was, it was a hot day. I remember coming down, you were halfway through the production of the first film, I think, yeah. or three quarters, I don't know, halfway so. three quarters. And then I came along and, and it was yourself and, and Tao and I met you, Claire, and, and yeah. then I think, you were like you ran off set halfway through a shot this Maybe. is our busy like both of you were oh, you, know, yeah, you were yeah, obviously yeah. always working yeah. but you'd come down Matt had run in, off like oh yeah cool they'll just do the shot there and then yeah, I think I sat something. down and done a, done a few lines yeah. a few times and then Matt went oh, that was shit so <laughs> and I went oh okay you went I think I've seen enough that's what you said you went, oh, I'm only joking and I was like oh, fucking hell uh, so yeah dick. came down yeah to, 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 to your mess area did a few did yeah. a few lines and just I think I had a little look at the set which was impressive though for you to kind of turn that warehouse into into such I think that what was amazing is that you didn't make it look like we were you reusing the same bits of, of tunnel yeah. like it looks so different like you managed to get all the angles of it so I saw that I remember thinking oh it's pretty cool in there man they look like mugs but they're, they're doing yeah, right. enough, yeah. it looks fucking pretty sick I think you showed me one of the um, the big set pieces there's a big set piece which is quite yeah. key in yeah. sort of throughout the films I saw that and I remember looking up at it thinking bloody hell that's, that's impressive seen a lot of blood yeah yeah, uh, and going yeah I want to I want to be involved in this but I'm, I'm, in. I'm a real wimp like when it comes to horror films so don't be like that the, the week before on, on this podcast when we just launched it I was saying that I'd, you know I'd, I'd be wicked to get to, to be in a film but I don't know how I'd be on a horror on a horror film set I think Dude. I'd be scared and uh, that definitely was proven because I think when we came onto set because we were it was winter so it was pretty dark outside yeah. when we were rapping sometimes you'd be like the last person or I might forget something like a prop or, no or something like that like yeah. go, go back in the tunnel it's creepy, and I swear to fucking God, it was yeah. so scary I remember going in the tunnel once before we even started shooting it had just been built and I was supposed to be meeting all the, the crew and Matt and, and everybody down in the tunnel, uh, in the tunnel. and uh, I walked in and there was no one there Fuck and that. it was it was like 7am or something scary so I walked into the main tunnel just to have a look thought I'd have a look got halfway in I was like I need to get yeah, out because yeah. this is creepy yeah, and scary. you could hear the roof moving and creaking <sighs> yeah. yeah yeah. lucky I got a phone call and I was like I'm so glad you phoned <laughs> yeah it got crazy <laughs> creepy it was creepy it, yeah. it was it was mm. but um, it was it was a cool set though man yeah mm. it was good yeah yeah. it was just this, just this it's just this, this tunnel system obviously but I remember do you remember James obviously um uh, uh, which James? Oh, James Fishman. Fisher. Yes. Yeah. James Coyne. Yeah, James yeah. Coyne. Um, I remember being... Our in, second uh, He was, did everything. Mm. He was mm. amazing. He was hoovering the floor. <laughs> he was dual-wielding Henry yeah. Hoover's to hoover the hoover the warehouse floor. Yeah. Uh, it's warehouse. We're talking 174,000 feet yeah, so of warehouse. Uh, I remember being in the tunnels with him, and we're, we're doing something like putting up some of the fake... Uh, fake cabling and stuff like that and it's pitch black uh, we've got like one torch um, and we're larking about uh, we, we get summons we start start to walk out and you walk past corners and the corners were, were pretty scary because they're mm. pitch black you're like I know there's mm. a corner there mm. flash the turn the torch around it goes from pitch black to a, a, a corner what the fuck and um, we're walking walking along those and he, he just he said to me 
in that weird way that James says weird shit. And then again, he said, I'm going to get a werewolf costume and scare someone in here. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I didn't know if he was joking or not. I, who joking. fucking knows? Yeah, who fucking knows? He was crazy. We're like, I was like, I was like, no, 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 don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Imagine that. Someone would actually shut oh, the floor. I j- oh, I'd shut myself, myself many a time without yeah. any werewolf yeah. costume. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't I need just, a werewolf costume. Constantly yeah. shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you were making yeah. a film? Because yeah. that, that sounds familiar. <laughs> method, method. That sounds familiar. The method, yeah. Proper method. Yeah. 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 Um, do you have a favourite, um, like scene or moment from the film because I, I saw we because we've been chatting shit about this all day like we're talking about. I say one one thing that stands out to me is there's a scene when I was eating a spoiler uh, no scene when I was eating a biscuit I say, well, it's, oh, that's it the biscuit yeah. scene so I don't know I don't know oh, what's happened to the biscuit scene if yeah. that's is, that, is the biscuit scene of still course, there course, right. of course uh, so there's a biscuit scene yeah. and I just remember <laughs> biscuits never cons- I remember consuming the biscuits and I think about 10 biscuits and I was like this is fucking great <laughs> <laughs> oh 10 biscuits yes <laughs> and then like 20 biscuits and I was like oh, yeah this is cool but dry <laughs> yeah have a bit of water <laughs> 25 biscuits in I think I was with Harriet who's yeah. like the main protagonist uh, plays my sister in it like she she, she just Brilliant. looked at me and she was like what's wrong I was like too many biscuits and she was like folding <laughs> over <laughs> laughing um, too many many biscuits too many, too many biscuits too many biscuits so there's that and there was also uh, a scene with James Barnes who is oh. he's just the most militant yeah. man ever are you talking about uh, his sexy voice he's, he, oh, he is but he just he has he has got a military vibe around him yeah. hasn't he he's yeah. very straight back very yeah. serious and he does play someone who's in the military then and his voice is it's just hot chocolate, isn't it? That's what his voice is. <laughs> his voice is the hottest of hot chocolate. He's it. got the <laughs> smoothest voice yes. out there. Yeah. And he had a he had a line which was it was a very generic line, he had amazing lines, but it was it was literally a line like let's go to the comms room, for example, like that. And <laughs> he had to lean into into Lewis. Is it was it Lewis or is it Michael? Yeah, Lewis. And he was like to the microphone. Let's go to the calm room. But every time he said it, <laughs> it's just it's, it, it, lo- it just it just looked like he was saying get back to my room you know, I'll see you at 6 o'clock in my room let's hit the showers and ev- I think everyone was folding up every single time and you know it was it's a great scene it was a really powerful scene but I think those memories were great because I think what was good is there was a balance of fun that we had like and it was quite you know it was, it was a cold warehouse was there were cold. long days I mean you guys were there every single day so you know that was crazy um, can't remember anyway. but uh, yeah it was alright you were whizzing around um so yeah, so like times like that stand out. Um, but yeah, like I just I just had fun doing it. You know what I mean? Say, like there's loads, there's, there's loads of fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and try. also seeing Matt eat a Twix, those no, three Twixes, three sticks of Twix at once in wow. one go, putting them all in his mouth. Impressive feet. Thank you. I don't Thank know where you. the fourth Twix went, but I remember you just shoving three in your mouth. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's how I open my mouth so wide. First one goes. Yeah, that's a bit of chocolate. Yeah, but how about you guys though? Like, what were scenes that stood? That's the thing that sticks in his head. <laughs> me eating three Twixes. Yeah, the yeah. Eye, it was the eye contact. I That's what I remember. Him, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just the eye I'm contact. Just saying, I'm just saying. Yeah. Never break eye contact. Once the third yeah. Twix goes in, yeah. you know you're gone. And yeah. the big swallow. The big swallow. <laughs> <laughs> goes down like a, like a cartoon fish yeah. head. Like a, like a cat. <laughs> 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 yeah. So yeah, no, I, had, I had loads of fun, man. It was, it was, it was wicked. It was, it was great. I think there was a scene where I was trying to be scared under a bed and you said that the angle that I was, it looked like I was just laughing 
laughing all the time. I mean, <laughs> that's that's a great scene. Yeah. Um, beautiful. That's a great how about you guys? I know there's like loads of amazing scenes of me in it, but you know, <laughs> no, what kind of scenes stood out to you? Because there's some quite, you do some quite cool things with the camera, like you, you, you have some quite interesting rigging and setups that you use. So there might be scenes that ingenuity. Yeah, my one of my favourite scenes actually talking uh, as it is edited now is one of yours in the wheelchair the 1950 wheelchair that was a real <laughs> 1950s wheelchair by the way yes. yeah we have to talk about the props as well because <laughs> those there was some real shit. creepy but real shit in there yeah. but yeah sorry so you're saying Claire so the there's, yeah, there's a what, that, the favorite one of my favorite scenes is your one when you're in the wheelchair and they all walk off and leave you if you can remember that you, you probably can't remember fucking scary now I remember but I remember because it was the closest I got to being left in the tunnel with everyone in the room and that <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty scary it was pretty scary that was fun yeah, there is some great scenes yeah, yeah yeah there's loads I mean you do there's an element because it's it's a very scary film but you manage to throw in elements of comedy as well yeah. which kind of gives us a nice up and down journey yeah. from what I've seen I don't know I've not seen I've not seen this edit this recent <laughs> cut what about you Matt though um, <laughs> I think it's going blank faced. What part of MK Ultra are we talking about? Uh, uh, code name. Code name. Code name. They could. It's a tough one, you know, because, like I said, trigger warning. Uh, uh, I, I think we, again we were chatting about this earlier, and Claire, and the, the one of one of my favorite one of my favorite scenes to shoot was. Uh, a damage control scene because we had like this you know extravagant fight scene I think actually it's the one where you get grabbed Spoilers. oh shit no that was that Spoilers. was that was um, but there's a few there's a few intense fight scenes so yeah uh, yeah this is yeah, sorry, one of so, the, the bigger scenes you say yeah, yeah, yeah one, cool. one of the bigger scenes and we with this this sort of extravagant fight scene and, and uh, uh, was going to oh, happen yeah. over like in, on, on the page uh, and in the film it would have taken a roundabout um, maybe two couple of days maybe three days to three days the way we were shooting it like super fast mm. uh, cutting corners um, like like indie filmmakers if you're doing it on a, on a normal film set you're talking about a couple of weeks but we yeah we could have got through it in a couple, couple of days maybe three days um, but we didn't have them full stop so we only had an afternoon uh, I think or morning uh, one of the tips half a day basically yeah after and morning after morning yeah yeah, yeah. and um, we instead of <laughs> instead of instead of shooting it normally we got our poor DOP Jamie Burr who's amazing to rig up all the lights so they'd be out of shot um, and then we did it all on a GoPro and we rehearsed all the fight and all the, all the action as, as you remember um, Marcus and uh, we we did it all on the GoPro and we we took our and lead a lady helmet. yeah, <laughs> yeah that was our, funny our lead lady Harriet <laughs> yeah. and Adelaide who's who's incredible in this very very serious role uh, and this and this, uh, this incredible actress serious role beautiful um, and amazing and um, intense as well and then we stuck a cricket helmet on her that we got from a discount <laughs> was it like red store. as well was it was yeah. like a blue it was a blue yeah, yeah, blue, yeah. blue cricket it was helmet it a bright colour though and yeah. we gaffer taped a GoPro to the front yeah, and then she had to start scene laying on Side, and then she had a gun in it. She had a yeah. fucking gun in some in someone's face, and like, and and it was fucking brilliant. That's yeah. one of my favourite so scenes as well. Actually. Yeah, I love that's, I love watching that scene. Really so well. much yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, it was really funny. You uh, all nailed it. Well done. Yeah, she was the camera woman. She was. <laughs> she was everything. It was great. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah, I remember seeing a bit of that. 
and like Claire like you you kind of hit upon the actual real 1950s chairs and stuff like that there yeah. were loads of props in that. that's another thing that was creepy like you actually had loads of real props in the real. room so when they were yeah. dressed when the cameras aren't rolling or if we've got in just before or if, we're in, or if you're standing in another area because you're getting some clean cuts or whatever we'd be in a room which was literally like you're in the 50s yeah, yeah. do you know amazing. what I mean like, we're an amazing f- uh, set designers actually yeah, how, how the hell do you get so much I didn't even know that this stuff I thought this stuff would all be in a bin or in like somewhere missing there was was it really hard to get your hands on this sort no, of stuff I mean, we, we collected we, half of it and we yeah some was collected but uh yeah, most of it, most of the hard stuff we had to find was uh, we'd just shot a, sh- a film before and we needed a deactivated shotgun and I had about an hour to find a gun. I thought you were going to say, and I had about six at home. We just deactivated one of my shotguns and put it in. Fuck's sake, it's the whole shotgun. Yeah, uh, so we found this shotgun, yeah. but the, the, the place we found it in was an amazing kind of museum and it really wasn't a museum, it was a... Uh, collection. Yeah, a collection of real wars, like tanks and everything everything this guy had in about three massive warehouses and we were like oh we're shooting the risen sun can we stay in contact and we can use mm. some of these props mm. so basically when we were ready to go we gave him a call and he came down and he had real stuff that was a real 1950s wheelchair that was their their real ammunition yeah, case it's crazy everything. yeah combatant combat I think they were called combatant combat amazing place and you did that in real where you could so you know we went to like the the least secret secret bunker yeah that was a, was yeah. a <laughs> so I just I love the fact that when we're going driving to the secret bunker you see a sign, a sign that said <laughs> secret bunker quarter of a mile I'd be like oh, okay cool yeah yeah. Um, so you actually where you could like you added in as much realism as possible which is I think it's quite a privilege in uh, yeah. 2000 and whatever it was we shot a few years ago yeah. to kind of be able to go to places where things like this because that was another place that kind of a lot of the props that they had there because yeah. that was a museum wasn't it yeah, yeah well, we, uh, well we originally were going to try and shoot there yeah the um, whole thing but mm. um, I uh, I think our problem was that because it was it was, an, it was a nuclear bunker yeah, yeah actual nuclear bunker mm. um, and we were going to try and shoot there but our main problem was that over the years it was it, it was built in the like 50s mm. but when um, it was covered in 80s stuff like oh, it was the wrong era yeah. and in order to shoot there we'd have to literally gut it mm. yeah our real problem yeah. that was a problem but our main problem was we didn't have the money for that it yeah. was way too expensive to shoot yeah, there permanently yeah there's yeah. no way um, yeah. but it was a kel- oh, Kelvin Hatch. Kelvin Hatch. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a great place. Great yeah. pies in the canteen oh, as well. Fucking yeah. food was alright. <laughs> <laughs> So it was cool too, yeah. <laughs> Remember the buckshot? Yeah, that was James. Oh, that was it, yeah, a bit James of buckshot. Christian, James Coyne, yeah. he, he was like, yeah, I'll have a pheasant pie or something. Yeah. yeah. And they were fresh. Yeah, too yeah. fucking fresh, right. Because they had buckshot in them. Yeah, that's, that's the kind he of t- He turned vegetarian after that. Funny. Though. Did he? Yeah, yeah, he was vegetarian after that. Not, does he not at least eat fish? Fish by name? Yeah. So what do you think, I'm going to ask both of you one by one so you can answer when you want, one of the most challenging shots or parts of production are because you know it's no it's no small feat kind of getting a you know a UK production out there two back to back films you know and you know using your resources as, as, as smartly as possible so like what were one of the biggest challenges Finishing well that's fucking hard yeah yeah <laughs> dead air yeah dead air <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, dragging dragging any independent film over the finish line is 
is, is, yeah. is a feat, like dragging. Well, I think that would be that would be feat, my biggest yeah. challenge. Um, like if if we're talking about specific, like <clears> difficult <throat> moments, though, um, they yeah. all blur into one. <laughs> it was it was quite a difficult. The two films were quite difficult to shoot. We had some financial problems all the way through, uh, some. which were out of our control, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, so it was all particularly on the second film Risen Possession although it's looking great and we're very proud of what we've done it mm. was a very hard shoot to do uh, so for me it, it just blurs into a big trigger warning but yeah. <laughs> trigger warning <laughs> and I was trying to defend you a little bit from it so you didn't know quite mm. what was going on Yeah. so you're probably better answering that question oh gutted let's take that <laughs> there you go on set um, what was your toughest thing on set because he had some tough shots like, yeah. and like you had no time to pull them off yeah, I think the uh, uh, it's 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 a weird thing because you're so privileged to actually make a film yeah. that you you feel like mm. if anything's difficult, then it's. It, it, I mean, not only that is you, you're in this weird privileged privileged position of making the film, but also you've written the film, and so it's all your fucking fault. <laughs> like, who, else is, who are you going to blame dickhead like you wanted five people running down the, yeah. down the thing and then you cut to this and then this guys we've got like you wanted that what are you going to complain about now there's a little bit of that going on um, uh, so anything that was difficult it was a case of how, how can how can we make this not look how it's supposed to look but look how how we we'd be happy with it looking like how, how can we make this as best as it possibly can be and some of those things are like you you take those two or three pages those two or three days of fight scene and you go we've only got an afternoon or, an, or a more, mm. more morning afternoon to do it and we do it on a on a GoPro uh, and then some of the things are you have to figure out that you have to run down behind someone with a crash mat and after that's how they fall on it and, yeah you know, so it's it, they, they really do blur into one I don't think there was anything that was an easy day it's, there's nothing where you're like oh that was a nice one you sit back and crack your knuckles and, and then you go to lunch and no time the next for that it's a hard one like you no like, time for that, that yeah. wasn't yeah it was every morning was working out what yeah. we're going to cut where we're going to move it to like yeah. how fucked are we how are we going to do this <laughs> how are we going to pull this off yeah. and you you had you had like scenes where you knew that was coming though that's so you had like you knew that the we were going to have to spend a day and a half doing this particular fight, fight scene but we only had half a day or a day so you knew those days were coming um, mm -hmm. so but that is independent filmmaking though that's oh, yeah, not definitely. like big lovely studio yeah. filmmaking that's yeah, independent no. filmmaking yeah. would you guys fancy a bit of that though in the future because I've, I've read a bit about filmmaking recently just as part of a story and a, a big thing was about how some filmmakers really thrive whilst they're in situations like this and there's been some filmmakers when they get given carte blanche it just fucks up the total flow of what they put out mm. so I know as people that you know you said yeah. it, was, it was a tight it was a tight run this you know how would it how would you feel working with like one of the big big boys big big people yeah I'm for, cool for, with it yeah. <laughs> 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 like yep yeah, fuck yes yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah okay. and how would your content change maybe do you think you'd do something different or is there a project that you've got ready in the wings that is kind of just needs that big sign it's, a, it's yeah it's a tough one I don't know um, I mean I think I think that's what we're trying to get to is we're trying to yeah. we're trying to produce work that that we're happy with and yeah. we have very high standards for ourselves yeah. so so it, it I suppose that's really where we're trying to get to yeah. um, and also we've not been through that particular meat grinder the meat grinder we have been through is indie filmmaking yeah. so we we, we we know where the punches are coming from 
yeah for, for that uh, and i think sometimes I, I i suppose if you don't know where the punches are coming from but you feel like you should be in control of everything because you've been given you know carte blanche with a, a yeah. check then that must that must fuck with you yeah yeah, yeah. Same. so like how it's weird so like we talk a lot on the show about like how netflix and amazon prime is kind of changing the way we consume films so for indie filmmakers how do these platforms work with the kind of content that you produce uh so i don't really understand the question so like with the film that you're making how does so how do the, uh, platforms like netflix then be yeah. available and amazon prime is that is that something that you're like i can take advantage of that that's a yeah, place definitely. i really want to sit on yeah, first yeah. or or, yeah. or are there other avenues or places that you want to put your films first because i think that's quite interesting for indie films a lot of people don't know how they get where they get to and, yeah. and how you feel about mm. Netflix and yeah, how you feel definitely. about Amazon Prime. Oh, you love having your film on Netflix or Amazon. Yeah, definitely mm, for sure. Yeah. Or Sky. We've got one on Sky at the moment. We're very happy to have it there. What um, was that? Let's give it a plug. That's the Gatehouse. So that's uh, oh, the film. Oh, fucking scary one, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's, it's a kid's film. Oh, is it? <laughs> is it? It doesn't sound like a kid's film. <laughs> <laughs> so the we literally house. wrapped that and yeah. then went straight into okay. uh, Risen's. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I love the fact that these streaming networks have now opened up and it help, It really helps independent filmmakers. Mm. Um, as long as, yeah, you, you, you got to have contacts in there. That's the thing. Or you got to like sign it to the right sales agent. And just obviously as an independent filmmaker, be careful what sales agents you're signing to. Um, just read up a little bit. But yeah, great. I'm loving it. I'm loving mm. Netflix. And it, it opens up these tiny films to a, to a wider audience. Netflix and Amazon Prime and mm. so and so, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Mm. So, so it was a really boring answer. No, that's all right. <laughs> Listen, a lot of people... It's like it's been one of those days. A lot of, pe a lot of people <laughs> ask me stuff like that, so it's, yeah. it's good to... I can't answer that, so it's good that you can. But what, what are you guys like consuming at the moment? Because you churn out... I mean, I, f I see you as like sci-fi and horror specialists. Like, is that what you watch? Like when you're on Netflix and you're watching TV? Yeah. What do you watch? I love Play it. Play Days? Teletubbies? <laughs> <laughs> Matt watches porn. We all know that. Yeah, I'm watching porn, porn right now. Porn Teletubbies? Porn Teletubbies, <laughs> yeah. 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 Squarepants comes off a real bad in that one to be honest reasons his pants saying square so it's not even to square this is gross yeah I love sci-fi That's I'm not really a massive horror fan having made horror films but yeah I love sci-fi I love a true story I watch anything as long as it's good it's alright yeah yeah yeah, I, I'm I'm sci-fi horror or horror sci-fi. Um, fucking anything. Look, yeah. As long as it's a good, fun story, I'll usually go on recommendations. Right. Yeah. Um, or uh, uh, like, see if you. I, I mean, a lot of my friends, um, uh, a lot of my close friends, are like horror fans. Anyway, like they'll be in like uh, uh, Jess, for example. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, the 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 a friend who did the makeup um, on on the Risen's Jess Heath. Yes, yeah, like she's she's a she's a horror genius, and so she'll be like she'll WhatsApp me something to watch, and I'll be like, mm, that's what I got to watch now, yeah. like, you know. And she's invariably right; it's amazing. So, yeah. uh, like, I'll 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 I'll, I'll do that. Uh, I won't. I, what I don't tend to do anymore is go for like the cheapest sci-fi horror I can find. Like, I went through a stage of being like, this is probably the worst film ever made. I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I used to do that I did that a lot like yeah. and then I, I worked my way out of those and now I'm on to normal Thank stuff you graduated God. to normal stuff <laughs> it was they were hilarious they're great. people did that to us no oh they probably do yeah, this yeah. looks rubbish this is bollocks <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what a wanker. Actually, it was fairly good. Mm, actually, a bit high in that. Yeah, I've been doing a bit of Star Trek recently, actually. Oh, oh, the I've new been, series. I've been going from the, the actual, original. the original series. The so I watched all of that. Wow. No, the original series. Oh, so I watched wow. all of that. Watched the animated series, which not many people know exists. I didn't it's like, even know about that. It's got all the, it's got like, you know, William Shatner and everyone else like in an animated series. So it's like oh, wow. a bit of what they couldn't show <gasps> because they didn't have the tech to. Uh, oh, that's amazing. So it kind of leads on. Some of the stuff you see in it is very TNG because cool. the next generation, because they, with cartoons, you can do it, can't you? You can have like yeah. a flying monster with 17 arms, whatever. Uh, and I just, Wait, don't give Matt that ideas for that in a new film. That sounds all right. Well, that's the I'm great name for a film, Flying Monster yeah. with 17 <laughs> Arms. <laughs> 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 Notepad or yeah. something. I'll forget it in a second. <laughs> forget what? What? Huh? Uh, yeah, and I just finished TNG last night. I almost shed a tear. Uh, almost? I was wow. every episode of TNG. How dare you? Wow. Almost? You used a heart made coal? What? Describe that last episode. What, so what was the part that made it was, you well it up? Was a, it's like a 90-minute special. Yeah. And... It's the poker game. Yes. Oh, it's all good yes. things. That's what it's called. So it, <sighs> there's a poker game and there's some very choice words said by Picard and oh. the rest of the, I think the seven main people that you see. All her clothes. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's just like, I, I don't want to spoil it because I really think people should go and check out uh, TNG because yeah, I think it's, so I think that's the Star Trek that, that, that was really wanted by the production yeah. team but they just couldn't do it back then mm. uh, you know um, Rodders wanted that from yeah, a Star Trek and it feels like that's the one everyone yeah. gravitates towards that feels like the one yeah and this, this the, has the most almost the most heart in it yeah yeah feel definitely. like Voyager's like like I watch Voyager and no. I, love, I love it but um, yeah no you don't like Voyager <laughs> that's, that's next on the menu like no no I've got Deep Space Nine next Deep Space Nine. yeah I've got Deep Space Nine I've got Deep this I've got film I think I've got Generations oh, then I've got Jesus. Deep Space Nine to watch so yeah that's what I'm going to geek out on I'm with some proper geeks. Oh, yeah, man. What are talking about? We're, we're cool. Yeah. This is what coolness looks like. That's what coolness looks like. Give me a coolness. This is what being a weirdo looks like. But that's cool. So, when's there isn't possession out? So that's up to ourselves, Agent. It'll be this year. All right. But if uh, we wanted to get a little sneaky peeky preview of it, I think we can. Yes. We, we have so a this month, next month. Premiere, yeah. 22nd yeah. of May, I think, 8.30 Sci Fi Film Festival. We are closing the whole festival. So, we'll be second year in a row. Yeah, sci-fi, we've been invited. Sci Fi London Film Festival. Yeah. Sci-fi, yeah. Was it? Was it yeah, Sci Fi London. Sci-fi. Is that going to be over Stratford Way again? Yeah. Is it last year? Stratford cool. Picture House. That's it. Uh, if you visit Lost Life Films, you'll see little links on, the, on our websites, on Instagram or Twitter. Cool. To get some tickets and see Marcus, the wonderful Marcus. Eating a biscuit. Yeah. Eating the shit out of a biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a biscuit getting eaten like the way I ate that fucking biscuit. To hell. Never you watch that and you'll be like, I, I want to be one of those biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> He's great at hiding yeah. under beds. Oh, and hide under beds. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, it's in my CV time. now. <laughs> what do you do in your spare time? Hide under beds and biscuits. Eat plenty yeah. of biscuits. Yeah. Um, Is that a Twix? Yeah, a bit of a dicky question this, but like, what else no. is coming up now? Because I feel like you're like, <sighs> and then this, but We're so you're also really, you're really active though, aren't you? Well, <laughs> there we are, I yeah. I was getting out of breath in the lift. <laughs> I'm glad there's no stairs. Yeah. We are we are so happy to hand over the risen in the risen position. Mm, it's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, we've got uh, about 16 projects in development at the moment, which is very cool. Um, 16? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, all at different stages. Some true stories, uh, TV series, films. Uh, it's all very exciting we're hopefully about to sign quite a very exciting deal with a huge studio Touchwood um, yeah oh, wrong word, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we can't say too much at the moment because I don't okay. want to. I don't want to flummox it all. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no flummoxes. <laughs> yeah, we've been, we've we've been we we tried to steer towards uh, some episodic content, yeah. so towards like TV star content. So that that mm-hmm. was that was where we went once we, while we were finishing the Risen Two yes. up. Um, we 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 tried to kind of think, okay, what's 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 next for us um, while we're doing this? What's what's the next thing that we can start to Push, push towards and that was episodic content so yeah nice a couple of couple of series essentially mm-hmm. we, binge worthy content yeah, yeah mm-hmm. pretty Got funny that. and not, mm-hmm. not straight horror either no <gasps> yeah sci-fi though yeah no. no what like, what say what yeah really yeah. go on give us a little taste like, at least of the genre we got some comedy um, just straight comedy drama uh, we got some true life drama we have we some got plenty of true life drama. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Matt with a GoPro and a cricket helmet walking around. Life drama, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We got some speculative fiction. Speculative fiction, yes. Uh, yeah, it's some some lovely films. Actually, Matt's writing uh, a film at the moment. Don't yeah. drag me into this. And, uh, yeah. yeah, some great stuff. Some great stuff coming up. Very exciting. Okay. Okay. Should be the title. Very Don't exciting. drag me into this. Yeah. Name your sex tape. Before I let you go, a yes. couple of things. Are like, how how the fuck do you write a film? Like, I've d- it's like, <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? I'm just like, <laughs> oh no. I don't know. How does that happen? Does he just, do you lock him in a room? He comes <laughs> out a few weeks later with the scribbles on paper. I, like, no, what? I wish it was what? a few weeks. It takes a long time. Slow rubbish. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, what do you do? Um, we the process for us tends to be we chat a right load of old shit about what we want to do, and then we come up with a few ideas of what we want to do, and then lock me away with it, and then we usually have something that's it's kind of like a synopsisy sort of something that represents the tone of what we want to do. Yeah, and we chat about it for a bit, and yeah, and then. The, the physical writing of it I'll usually go through a process of uh, I'll write one to ninety down a page and then just write a word or a sentence for every minute of the film and that gives me a roadmap for the film sure. you can start that anyway you can start it at the end like big explosion everyone you know turns to the dust or something um, support the whole film the, there you go support the whole uh, risen possession the, fuck's the, sake oh, man fucking hell man <laughs> come on uh, and uh, yeah and then yeah. just fill those in and then from there you, you can start the script uh, and it'll usually move around but but that's the that's the mm. very boring answer of how you write script. and it's so hard to find it's good so writers it's so hard to, it's not boring it's so hard to find good writers it really is go through I mean as I said we've got 16 production uh, uh, yeah productions in development uh, three of those I think are from from you and uh, the wonderful Vicky Sargent but the others are all we would we would spend time finding the right story or the right book and, and opting them and finding other writers to adapt mm. them and yeah. it's hard to what makes writers. a good writer then really difficult they're just not shit you know a shit writer a good, not that, that not, not, not a shit one Marcus yeah, yeah not a shit one yeah, 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 yeah. good version in it I don't know man I mean, it's talent it's pure talent it really is I mean I can't I can't write yeah no neither can I, can I, yeah. but I, I could just about read so yeah same same I don't know it's talent and Matt's probably one of the best writers I know she needs, she needs to get out more. I've enjoyed having your words in my mouth and my head, Matt. You are you are making my Twix go to an extra, extra large. It's not really. My Twix is never extra large. You know that. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for coming. 
<laughs> Why is he laughing? Why is he laughing? Uh, uh, this is not true. I promise. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for coming down to How to Kill an Hour, though, and uh, The Risen Possession and The Risen, like both great films. Oh, well, I've seen The Risen. I've not seen the latest cut of The Risen Possession, so you can find all two minutes of me in it because the rest of it's on the cutting room floor. But <laughs> like, honestly, wish you all the best of it, man. And thank I you. look forward to seeing it at the screening thank you, and thank uh, you. seeing what Lost Eye turns out in the future, man. Thank Ooh, you. Cheers. Uh, this has been How to Kill an Hour. Thank you for killing some time with us. I will be in your ear holes very soon. You can vote for us in the Listener's Choice Awards at this year's British Podcast Awards 2019. If you'd like to vote for us, it only takes a minute of your time. Head to BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash vote. That's BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash vote. Type in How to Kill an Hour and then... Yeah, you'll have voted for us. It only takes a minute of your time and we'd really appreciate it. We'll also put a link in the show's description. Thank you very much in advance. And hey, here's here's hoping we win. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.